This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. As I mentioned last week, the board recently had to put together a, a mission statement for this community. And there came an interesting question along the way. We lifted some language from the Houston Zen Center, from their mission statement. And I, I didn't bring it with me, but it said something to the effect that, that the community existed in part to, uh, to respond to people who wanted to explore the religious aspect of themselves. And the question was raised, should we change this word religious to spiritual? And a very nice conversation followed out of that. I thought I'd offer some thoughts on that question, or on some of the questions that come out of that question. The first is to say, of course, that we can never settle this, or... or uh, be satisfied with language. These words mean different things to different people. I am in the privileged position as someone who has trained as a monk and, and who didn't run screaming from it, of having a very positive experience of religion. And so for me, the word religion in itself doesn't raise any red flags. But when I was younger, it did, and I know for many people, for very good reasons, it can bring to mind a kind of uh, dogmatic world. I think for many people, the word religion brings to mind the idea that you are supposed to believe something, that you have to. Um, And of course, if that's our definition of religion, then we're at the far opposite end of the world. Uh, For some people, religion refers to institutions of religion because, for very good reasons, uh, there is a great distrust around the institutions that administer religions separate from the teachings of those groups. And... If that is your definition of religion, then I too am highly skeptical about religion. But for me, it feels like a neutral term, and what comes to mind first when I hear religion is, I think, this is what brings form to spirituality. That religion gives it shape. It's not one or the other. And obviously we can look around the world and see that that means there are a lot of different shapes we can offer to this thing that may in fact be universal. I think Buddhism would would say clearly that on some level this thing that we're calling spirituality is not unique to each of us. 
it's something that we're all experiencing and we're naming it in different ways and and we're giving form to it in different ways so what we want is to give form to it in a healthy way so it's interesting to ask is what we're doing religious And obviously, if we're giving form, which we are, to something, then by this definition, we're at least exploring the territory of religion. I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a friend of mine who is also a Zen priest, and we were talking about his community, uh, and he talked about how after a few years together, he and his community reached a kind of decision point where they looked at what they were doing and they looked at the different interests and the different poles within the community and they realized that they had to decide if what they were doing was building a temple or building a Zazen club. There is a a strain within Zen, and I've talked about this before, that insists that true Zen is only Zazen. That that's what we're supposed to be doing, is coming here and facing the wall. That's it. That's the point. And there's even one Dogen quotation about this. One, and it's the one that everybody memorizes because it... It says exactly what we want to hear, in which he says uh, that there is no need for offering incense, and there is no need for prostrations, and there is no need for chanting. And, and people hold this up and they say, Ha ha! We are only supposed to be sitting in Zazen. There are no religious trappings to what we do. Dogen said so. But of course, if we're using Dogen as the source of what we do, which is problematic in its own right, but if we are, then on the very next page, of course, and the next page and the next page, he's actually outlining in detail how you should wash your face and how you should offer incense and how you should bow and how you should chant. Right? It's a fantasy to think that this tradition that we're a part of was ever founded on something as reductive as just sitting all the time. But even if we don't want to get into that argument, we can look at this idea and see how unhelpful it is. I see two possibilities if we imagine that our entire practice is meditation and nothing else. The first is that if Zazen is your entire practice, then that means that your practice ends when you stand up. That's very simple. If that's the case, why are you doing it? The only time when you would be actualizing anything, the only time when you would be expressing anything, the only time when you would be encountering anything from the wisdom of this tradition would be when you are sitting down in this posture. There's an on switch and an off switch. 
we would all just die sitting here. And if that's not the case, then we have option B, which I think is where we sometimes inadvertently go, which is that if Zazen is everything, then that means that more Zazen means more spirituality. (laughs) And if you're feeling out of touch with your spirituality, what you need is more Zazen. So Zazen is medicinal. You're always charging this battery. You're always going back to the thing. And if, and if you can sit 10 hours a day, you're nine hours more spiritual than the guy next to you. Right? When we phrase it that way, it sounds not very useful. But I think there's, there are more nuanced versions of this that at some point all of us carry around. that we measure the worth of our practice by hours on the cushion or minutes on the cushion. It's so easily quantifiable. And I I think I've complained before that a lot of modern Zen people, when they write their, their books, which are almost inevitably partly biographical, at some point will do the math and explain how many hours of Zazen they have sat in their lives. Please don't ever do the math. (laughs) Don't ever do the math. Don't even do the math this week. That's a very dangerous road. That's a story you don't need. I think about this, going back to Dogen, his comments about how we don't need to do this or that. And whenever I read that quotation, I always think about um, the, the slogans that are used in Tibetan Buddhism. And one of them, because it, it, you can read it two different ways, it reads, do everything with one intention. This is great. It's a great thing to just put on your door. Do everything with one intention. This also can mean a couple different things. One way of understanding this, do everything with one intention, is whatever you do, do just that and nothing else. Don't use it as a means to something else. Don't do this and think about this. Just commit. That's wonderful. But we can also kind of hold this in, if we're talking about religion versus spirituality, we could, we could hold that with, as spirituality, right? Because there's no specific form to it. It just says, whatever you're doing, dive in. But then there's another interpretation of this. Do everything with one intention, which is everything you do is done with exactly one intention. There is one intention in your life. 
that you carry into every breath and every moment. If you have to decide right now your intention, what would it be? To me, that's a religious question. We're imposing something. Not to make things artificial, but to make things true. I have an idea sometimes about what that intention is. I'm not going to tell you. You have to decide. But my point, I think, is that you do have to decide. And then you have to decide how to give it shape. And I think that's a worthy pursuit, whatever we call it. all I had to say today. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.